This is the dotted line, 97.1 FM, 3MDR. Emily Barker is an Australian singer-songwriter living in England at the moment. She has a brand new album out. The album is called A Dark Murmuration of Words, and she joins me via the wonders of technology. Hi, Emily. Hi there, David. Thanks for having me on the show. It is wonderful to have you on the show. Tell me a bit about the album. Yeah, well, I live in Stroud, in Stroud in Gloucestershire, not not New South Wales. Um, yes. I'm from WA originally, and it's a really beautiful little countryside town. There's a lot of creatives here. All of my band live here. We're pretty much on the same street, actually. And we all went to a studio in Pembrokeshire, um, in West Wales, just a really remote place. They're literally in this town. Um, there's, well, it's not even a town. It's just a chapel which has been converted into a studio and then the farmhouse that went with the chapel. <clears throat> and we stayed uh, in the farmhouse. They do accommodation and walked about 10 metres to work each day. And we had, like, full catering and everything, so it was really immersive. We just... Um, worked really long days in the end, actually, because we didn't have to really. There wasn't there wasn't any distractions, so um, that felt so great to do. And it was in November last year that we made it, and we'd been um, working on the songs together for about a year, I think. I'd be I'd write them, and then I bring them to the band, and we sort of work out some arrangements and stuff. And then I was also doing string arrangements with two string players. And um, so we made the album in the space of a week and most of it was live because we'd had all this time to arrange and rehearse. And um, and we had a, a great producer, Greg Freeman, come in from – he's British, but he lives in Berlin and he came over and, and he just really guided us all so well and had some great suggestions for songs that we'd done like a few different arrangements of and still didn't feel like we quite nailed it. He totally just added what we what we needed to complete it all and made it sound wonderful sonically. Um, yeah, and then there's songs that I've been writing over the past two years, so 2018, 2019 I'd been writing them, and a lot of them um, – to talk about the environmental crisis that we're in, climate crisis, um, that was certainly at the forefront of the media and and very topical uh, last year. I mean, it, it still is; it hasn't gone away, but we've got other things to deal with now as well. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the songs uh, talk about the grief associated with um, coming to terms with the destruction that we've caused and. Uh, loss of species and wondering about the future and feeling sort of nostalgic for the past when it felt like we still had time and opportunity to turn things around for the future. And then looking at how that intersects with other issues like like race and there's a song on there called Machine um, which talks about the 13th Amendment to the American Constitution, which is all about uh, how slavery was abolished apart from in uh, the prison system. 
yeah. I was going to ask you about machine. Very, I guess it's always very topical, but it is totally topical at the moment. And I thought it was a I know, really it's a bit clever, uncanny, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I thought it was a beautiful arrangement too. Really cleverly arranged. Oh, thank you. Well, that one I wrote in 2018, and I was thinking a lot about race, but actually. Um, in Britain, even though the song is sort of based on this 13th Amendment, I was, I was touring a lot in the US and noticing that in the parks there are all these statues of slave owners and um, and landowners and, you know, people who were in the positions of power, still are mostly, and and noticing how similar that is to Australia and the parks where, where I am in WA, so many of them... Um, are the same people, the the uh, colonists that are that are having statues made of them. And but then I realised that I didn't really know loads about the history of race in Britain, actually, and it's very diverse here. And I <clears throat> I read a book by Rennie Edo Lodge called Why I'm No Longer Talking About Race, and that was really informative about Britain. So, and listening to a lot of podcasts at that time called Seeing White was one of them on Seen on Radio, which was really informative. And I was just thinking about it a lot, and uh, in particular statues and which the song references. Mm. Um, And I felt a little bit unsure about whether or not I should be talking about this or not but I have I mean I have previously on other records in regards to Indigenous Australia and um, coming to terms with sort of well um, loving the land that I grew up with in such a deep way and it still is with me all the time I imagine it and but then realizing that it's it's stolen land and it belonged to um, the Noongar people before it ever belonged to us. So I just, I, I was wondering in terms of the production, I was like, well, if we're going to do this, let's just strip it all back so that um, we're going to take out loads of music. This is the idea that was in the studio because initially um, when we were arranging them in our rehearsal space, we had lots of layers going on and it was quite a busy and big track. And um, when we got to the studio, for some reason, I think in the context of all the other things that we were playing and and me sort of wondering if I should be writing about race, um, I thought, you know what, it, I'm really passionate about it. I want to say this. And if I'm going to say it, I'm not going to hide behind any behind loads of instruments. I'm just going to say it. Um, so that was the thinking with that one. the world a place easier for me money in my pockets over centuries I'm a celebrated sinner with statues in the park this world I made is harder the more your skin is dark I covered all my tracks and books on history Justified my actions through anthropology I chose what to remember and what we should forget I covered all my 
sweat This machine runs on its own Cut the branch, drop the wheel This machine runs on its own Sixty-five. Everyone is free, but I still get my labor complimentary. Who is working in the prisons now? Look and you will see that in 1865, I disguise slavery. This machine runs on its own. This is The Dotted Line, 97.1 FM. I'm chatting to Emily Barker. She is in London. I am in Melbourne. We're talking about her brand new album. The album is called A Dark Murmuration of Words. Tell me about geography. That is where the title track or the title of the album comes from. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah. So that song um, I wrote, it was one of the first songs, actually, and that line, a dark murmuration of words, came to me when I was sitting in the sand dunes uh, in Denmark, southwest Australia. I can't remember which beach I was on now. Anyway, um, and I was sitting there and I was watching these birds flying overhead and I was thinking about how good it felt to be home and like all these familiar smells of like the coastal scrub and the sea and eucalypts and um and I was with my family and I was just having a quiet moment and and then I was thinking about my life back here in the UK and looking at these birds and realizing that you know in some ways I'm not dissimilar to to these migratory birds and I come back in certain seasons and then return and and there's always this back and forth and and then I thought about how many songs I've written about the subject of home and what home means and where where home is and um and I imagined all the words I'd written for all these songs then floating up in the air between the UK and 
and Australia. So that's where that line came from anyway. And the song itself um, sort of talks about my my parents moved from this spot right by the Blackwood River, river or um, Jijilat Burl is in the Noongar tongue. And um, they moved from this area, which I always associate with, with my home, um, with the river right right there, like we used to step out of our house and, and walk about 15 metres and be in the river. And um, and they moved into town because they, they, my dad got ill and they just needed a smaller place. And um, and for me it was just, it was such a hard thing to, but I supported them in this move. They, they needed to do it, but it felt really hard to let go of this place. And then I realised when I came back to Australia, back home the next time to Bridgetown, that actually it wasn't an issue at all. My parents were there and they had made home in this new place and my siblings came and visited and we were all together. And I thought, you know what, that's that's the most important thing. So it's sort of a bit about that.
How are you finding it in England during a pandemic? What's what's uh, you got gigs still happening, or is it um, you're locked down? What what's going on from someone in Australia who's in the middle of it now? It's just of interest. I don't know what the hell's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Oh, I won't swear, but Boris is a yeah. Is not a good leader, shall we say. Uh, and mm-hmm. It's been really mixed messaging, really confusing, and very little support for the arts. So um, I'm just at home still, mostly. There's a bit of movement. I'm like we're seeing friends and stuff in small amounts, mostly local, local friends. Um, and in terms of music, I like actually this weekend I'm doing a – Full weekend of um, I'm at in inverted commas the Glasgow Songwriting Festival, and I'm doing workshops um, all weekend. And then we did a concert last night, and it's all via Zoom. So plenty of live, but none of it live. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It, I mean, it's it's good in to have. I think it's better than nothing, <laughs> but sometimes I'm not wholly convinced about that and just think, oh, I'll just wait. It's all right. I'll just wait. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly a weird thing, like not having that connection with a crowd and, and just also just being in a in your room at the end of the day. You're just in the same place and, and you have this bit of a sinking feeling. I do anyway after – doing a I haven't done loads and loads but doing a live stream and you're packing up and you're still on your own in a room (laughs) it's really odd this is the dotted line I'm chatting to Emily Barker who is in London I'm in Melbourne a dark murmuration of words is her latest album just been released I wanted to ask you about one of the songs. You are, of course, an award-winning songwriter. You can tell that by these songs. There is there is a song in here that I particularly liked um, that is anything like its title, and I'm talking about Ordinary. It is That's kind oh. of a nice song. Tell me about the... Thank the, you. It's got a great string arrangement too. What, what was going on with that one? Mm. Well, the song is inspired by Tim Winton's book, Breath, and it's sort of I loved... I really love that book. And uh, so you're a fellow so, WA uh, resident yeah, as well. I love Tim Brilliant. Um, and I love how that – I'll try not to do any spoilers, but yeah, I love how the overall message that that leaves you with that book, which is um, you, you don't have to do anything spectacular and it doesn't have to be – you don't have to be fancy or like reaching these the highest of heights, and you can just um, you can just enjoy uh, simplicities and sort of in inverted commas ordinary experiences and find happiness. And it's it's sort of to me about appreciating where you are and who you're with and. Um, and not always striving for something extraordinary. Um, <clears throat> so that's what the song's about and to me. And then, yeah, the, the two string players that I worked with are based in Stroud, um, Misha Law and Emily Hall. And um, they're, they're wonderful string players, violinist and – oh, they're both violinists and Misha also plays viola. So we did – we did all the arrangements together because I, I do string arrangements myself too. Um, 
but we actually didn't do them so much uh, sort of in a writing them down, before, uh, listening to them. We played played into them. So we spent over the course of the year, we would just meet up and they're really good friends of mine. So we just really enjoy playing and arranging stuff um, sort of from an improvised almost point of view is how we worked out those string parts. And it's actually it's called the river, that um, pattern of string playing. Um, so, you, so one of the string instruments plays, and then the second instrument responds and goes, if that makes sense. So we included that in it because the, the first line is, take a deep breath and dive down into the river. So, yeah. Take a deep breath and dive down into the river Wrap all your fingers round the roots of a tree Count Mississippi till you see stars to restless boys in a country town doing anything to keep from feeling ordinary Got a cheap board and paddled out through open water Where you bargain with a god Stay alive And then dance beneath your skin Oh, sweet adrenaline Does everything to keep you from feeling
This is The Dotted Line. I'm talking to Emily Barker about her new album. Where do I find you and where do I find the album? As in, where do I look if I want a copy of the album? What's what's the story? Well, the album in Australia mm-hmm. is coming out on Cooking Vinyl. Um, so oh. they've got their own store, yep. um, which you can get it from. Um, you can get it from my Bandcamp, otherwise, but um, then you're paying for postage. So I'd recommend going to the Cooking Vinyl store. Or if you have a favourite record store, um, there's plenty of good ones in Melbourne, um, as I'm sure you're aware, then head to your record store and um, and support the, the independent record stores. It's out on vinyl and on CD. Tell me about the woman who planted trees. Mm. So this is a story that I found uh, a bit randomly online, but I was um, looking up tree planting. and As you do. Found, as you do, as you do. And I, was took, uh, I found the story of Wangari Mathai, and she, is an, uh, she was an activist and an environmentalist and a biologist and from Kenya. And in 1977 she started... Uh, the Green Belt Movement, and it's still going today, and they've planted over 50 million trees in this area in Kenya. And she did it because because she had, had this understanding of ecology. Um, the government at the time was tearing up loads of forest and selling off land to their friends, and the soil was all eroding and ending up in the rivers and the rivers were becoming clogged with silty mud and their vegetables and and food supply, that whole chain was interrupted because they couldn't grow anything so well because the soil was so damaged. And um, so she started planting trees and she had this vision that she would empower all the women in her community who – to, to give them new skills to feel proud of and um, to sustain themselves, so forestry and um, beekeeping skills, for example. And and she did exactly that. She created this whole community around planting trees and and this little documentary that I saw had an interview with her daughter, Wanjira, and Wanjira was a young girl um, when a lot of these trees were being planted and now she was walking in this documentary through these really tall forest of trees and um, and I really was struck by this idea of measuring time via the growth of a tree and it's something I can relate to as well because when I was a kid um, my parents were very involved in the environmental group in Bridgetown and we often spent weekends doing tree planting and um, on, you know, farmland and things like that, that had become really dry and arid. And so there's this one particular farm that uh, belongs to some really good friends of my parents. And when I go back, I can see these trees that I planted when I was a kid and they are really big now. (laughs) So, yeah, I was really struck by her story and I felt like, uh, Wangari story and she was the first uh, African woman to receive the Nobel Peace Prize that happened in 2004 and um, I just felt like her story was so important to hear 
when when I found it because um, last year when there's so much, I mean, there still is a lot of doom and gloom about future and environment and concern. Uh, when you hear such a refreshing, positive story like this, it it really tops up your hope. So I thought I should write a song about it. I can tell my age by the height of trees, by the years they've stood growing over me. When I was a girl, you planted seeds and cast your love forever over me. When the land was dry, no food. When the soil was sick and the river weak, you took a spade, bare hands, bare feet, and sold your love, roots down deep in the This is the dotted line talking to Emily Barker about her new album. The album is called A Dark Murmuration of Words. I wanted to chat to you about another track on it, When the Stars Cannot Be Found. Uh, Really like this track, despite, he says, putting his tongue in his cheek, the fact that it had banjo on it. 
Oh, wow. You're not usually a fan of the banjo. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm that that is certainly a compliment then. <laughs> um yeah, actually that was the producer's suggestion and it really made the song because it it was sort of lagging, I think, before. And by playing the banjo, which emphasizes every beat, um, every like quarter note, then we the drum pattern came from there and it suddenly became much more energized, the song. Um, so it, the banjo is responsible for for the whole arrangement really in the end. Yeah, so that song... I was touring a lot in the US uh, with Mary Chapin Carpenter, which was amazing, opening shows for her and singing harmonies in her set. And we were just, we were traveling on a big bus and us, and we'd sleep during the night on this bus and then wake up somewhere else, which was just a dream, you know, to see America like that. And we played lots of sort of outdoor festivals as well as um, big, beautiful old theaters and stuff. Um, and then I got off that tour and I was flying out of Los Angeles and I just, it's such an overwhelming place. And I was reading an article about, um, uh, light pollution and at the same time, and, and I was just thinking about the night sky and, and how it wasn't possible to see any, any stars or the moon or anything on the days that I was there anyway and and I was thinking about how we orientate ourselves in some ways by the night sky and again thinking of my childhood and and growing up in WA and in this remote place where you just look up when it wasn't cloudy and just the whole entire sky was covered like there was barely any any you know dark space it was just all all sparkling stars and um and I was thinking about um home and missing family which is a something I do a lot and um my I was thinking about my niece so I've got uh how many I've got six nephews and one niece and um and I was thinking about her and wondering about what her future might hold and and if she would one day be sort of standing where I was in a way and far away and and looking up to the sky for some sort of connection to past and home and all of those things. So it's sort of like a letter to her in some ways and, um, and yeah, it talks about sort of the future and just time, I suppose, and, and this idea that we're all we're made of the same stuff as stars and and all life is is essentially made of the same components and how that connects us all and so it's quite a lot packed into that song <laughs> I see the inner shine through a silhouette of trees I feel so small tonight I guess as it should be we are made of stardust, oxygen and bones So don't forget to come when you feel alone Sometimes where you be, then stars cannot be seen Maybe a 